Father in heaven, how we love you. We lift your name in all the earth. And may your kingdom be established in our praise, in our worship, as we gather in the name of Jesus. Thank you for your word to us today. Thank you for your word you've given us in time past. Thank you for the word that you still give us in the days to come. Lord, we are grateful. We come to your presence this morning boldly to receive from you that which you have ordained concerning us. Father, we pray that Lord cause our eyes to see that which you are showing us, our ears to hear that which you are saying, and our hearts to know, to understand, and to receive everything you have ordained concerning us. Father, I yield myself to you. I say, Lord, have your way. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Walk in me both to will and to do of your good pleasure. Father, I yield my tongue to you. I say, use for your glory in the name of Jesus. Thank you for utterance. Thank you, O Lord, for clarity in the spirit. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. And the people said, Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. For the past couple of weeks, almost nine weeks I will say now, that's two months plus, we've been looking at fulfilling the kingdom mandate. And it has been a journey, a journey into God. You know, whenever we gather together, it's always a journey into his presence, a journey into him, to know him more, to learn of him more. So we've been journeying in this mandate that the Lord has given to us, learning what the mandate is, learning what the kingdom is. I won't be able to go back to, you know, to check, to tell you everything that we have looked at, but you go back. It's available on our platform. It's available on our YouTube channel, The City of Refuge, Melbourne. It's available there. All these messages is also available in the audio form on our website. That's tcrmelbourne.org. Avail yourself of all this so that we can learn, we can you know, go back, listen again and again and again and again to that which God is saying to us. If you prefer the video one, it's on YouTube. And if you prefer the audio, it's on the church website. So avail yourself and listen again and again. Study again and again so that you can become better and better and grow in him. Hallelujah. Last week, we were looking at the language of the kingdom. We were looking at the language of the kingdom. And I remember that pastor told us that language is what is the, an expression of, of a people's culture and their thinking pattern. An expression of their culture and their thinking patterns. And he went into looking at the seven characteristics of language. What were those what are those characteristics? And first of all, he told us that, the, that language, when we're looking at the language of the kingdom, that language is the word of God. The language that we speak as believers in the kingdom of God is his word, not the language of the world, not the language of, from, my, from where I grew up, not my mother tongue, as some will put it, but the language that we speak as believers is what? Is the word of God. And it went into different characteristics of the, of the language, of what the language is. It says language that in the kingdom, we do not use a language to what? Just to communicate, but it's to create, it's to change 
our environment is to change our situation. God was not frivolous with his words. He used his words to change. In the, the Bible says in Genesis chapter 1 that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form. It was void. It was, it was chaotic. And God did not like what he saw. And what did he do? He started complaining. No, the Bible says, and God said, he spoke to that situation that was not conducive. He spoke to that situation that was not looking good. He says, light be. Let there be light. And what happened? And there was light. He didn't use his word to complain. We are to use our word to cre create our atmosphere, to change things we don't like in our lives. That is what we use language for. And also remember that he said that words are what? Thoughts capsules. That is, the word of God encapsulates what's in the mind, what's in the heart of the Father. He puts it, he penned it in the, in the word. His word is his thoughts. His word is what he's thinking towards you. What he desires towards us, what his will is, is in his word. So words are thoughts, capsules. And also I remember I said that the, that the earth or the world is a problem-solving universe. But the he heaven is not, because there's no problem in heaven. The problem is here on earth. So we need to change the problem that's happening here on earth with, what? with our words. Hallelujah. And also that we need to renew our minds. I can assure you we all need renewing of our minds. If we can say we need to scrub off all the rubbish in our, in our minds and renew it. And put fresh things, put the word of God in it. So that we can begin to speak what his word is saying. Because we came into the kingdom with lots of baggages. And those baggages need to get out. So that the word of God can come in. So we need to renew our minds. We use the language to renew our minds. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And in, also we use, we use our words to what? For our words to be effective in the kingdom. We what? Our spirit and our soul must be one. Must be united. We must. They must. You know, they must coexist, if you can use that word. They must be in unity. They must be in harmony. Your, what you are thinking and what's in your heart, what are, you are saying also must become one. Hallelujah. Because out of the abundance, many, many times the, the mouth speaks. Sometimes our, what's in our heart is different from what is in our mouth, what we say in our mouth. But our mouth and our heart must agree. That is, they must agree with the word of God. We must think of the word first. We must be thinking about the word before we... Be, begin to speak the word. The word must come out of our mouth. And our heart must agree with it so that we can benefit, we can be a partaker of the fullness of everything that God has ordained. Hallelujah. That's just a brief recap. If you want to, if you want to fully understand it and read more and understand or remind yourself, like I said, go to the website. Is there in the audio form. Listen to it again and again and again and again and again. And if you want the video form of it, it's on the YouTube channel. Go, sit down, lock yourself in, listen again and again and again. And I can assure you, you will find out that some things that were said, you did not even hear, despite the fact that you were in the service. And you say to yourself, many times I say, but I was in the service, but I didn't hear this. Probably in the fleeting seconds, your mind darted elsewhere and you missed out on that. But beyond that, God himself will begin to open up the scripture. Will begin to open up the word to you. 
in another dimension that will suit the purpose or suit the situation or suit whatever it is you are going through at that moment. So let's get back into the word. Let's study to show ourselves approved unto God. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. This morning, we are again continuing in our study on fulfilling the kingdom mandate. It's a, it's a vast topic. It's a vast you know, study. It's not something you, we can rush through. It's not something that we can just say, okay, yeah, it's done, it's done. No, 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 no. We take time. Take time to go through it. Today, we'll be looking at the culture of the kingdom. I repeat, the cult, we're looking at the culture of what? Of the kingdom. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. And for us to begin, we need to understand exactly what is culture. Last week, Pastor mentioned something about language. He said language is the expression of, is the, expression of the culture and thinking pattern of a people, of a group. The word culture is there, meaning that language is part of a culture. The word culture is from a Latin word uh, that is pronounced colere. I hope I got it right. It's C-O-L-E-R-E, colere, which means to tend, which means to grow, it means to nurture. So the word culture is from the Latin word colere, which means to tend, to grow, and to nurture. But coming down to what, to coming back in that, no, culture is, this now is from the dictionary. It's available to everybody. It's the sum of attitudes, customs, and beliefs that characterizes or distinguishes a group from another or a society. I repeat, the sum attitudes of, cost, of customs um, no, so the attitudes, the customs or beliefs that distinguishes or characterizes one group of people or society. Also, the word culture is like an umbrella word. You know, an umbrella, we use it to shade that. Under the umbrella, you can put things underneath it. So the word culture is like an umbrella term. It is all-encompassing and is not limited it's not limited to language, it's not limited to beliefs, it's not limited to social behaviors, it's not limited to values, laws, rules, and even music, even art. So the word culture is all, is all encompassing, it's a, it's a wide, uh, wide thing, it's, it's something that is not, you can't encapsulate in just one thing. There are various things underneath it, there are various things attached to it. And one of it was what we looked at last week, which was language. So when we are looking, you know, the culture helps to, what, to identify where people, groups also, where they belong and who they are. So when we are saying the, the culture of the kingdom, we are looking at various aspects of the kingdom culture. Remember, we've been looking at fulfilling the kingdom mandate. We've looked at information versus revelation. We've looked at um, how the ruler became the ruled. Go back and look at all these messages again and follow it in the series in which it was done. 
So the culture of the kingdom is what is wide, is broad, and is all encompassing, just like I said earlier. It's not just one thing that can be taught or learned at a sitting. Some learn it throughout their lifetime because it is all, it's constantly evolving. It's evolving. It's changing. Hallelujah. So when we're looking at king, the, the culture of the kingdom, that means that there's something in the kingdom, there's something in the kingdom of God, in the kingdom mandate that God has given to us that we need to be aware of, that we need, this is how we ought to live. This is part of what, who we are. This is part of what we do. And I, wanted, I want us to look at Romans chapter 12. Briefly, Romans chapter 12. Let's go there first of all. Romans chapter 12. From verse 2, Romans 12, verse 2, it says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. But I want us to go to the TPT translation of that verse. The TPT translation of Romans 12, verse 2. It reads, and I quote, it says, Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. It says what? Stop imitating the ideals, the opinions of the cultures around you. Meaning that there are various cultures around you. There are so many cultures around you, but what? But be inwardly transformed by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. Meaning that your culture will frame how you think. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. Culture will frame how you think. Culture will mold you. Culture will, will, cannot, can pave the way for you to go if you are not careful. But now the Bible says, it says, don't imitate those cultures. Don't imitate it. Those all around you, it says what? Do not imitate. Do not copy those cultures. I will see why. Meaning that, just like I said, there are cultures all around us that we copy. You grew up in a culture, I grew up in another culture. But again, I want us to look at the same verse in the message translation. What does it say? The message translation, it reads, and I quote, it says, don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. That is, don't let it, don't, don't let it be your default mode. That is the culture of this world. The various cultures that are there in the world. Don't, don't let it be your, your default mode. Don't become so well adjusted. You know when you are well adjusted, you are balanced, you are comfortable, you are confident. So don't become so well adjusted to your culture. That you fit into it without even thinking. For many of us. Before we even say, say anything, if someone is telling us something, no, 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 where I come from, this is what is done. In my culture, and for many, we are so proud of that culture. 
And this culture is just earthly. It's natural. We're not talking about natural culture here. We're not talking about earthly culture here. We're talking about the culture of the kingdom of God. It says, you, you'll be changed. It said, instead, fix your attention on who? On God. Many cultures do not fix their attention on God. It fixes their attention on self. It says, fix, instead, fix your attention on God. When you imbibe the kingdom culture, it enables you to fix your attention on who? On God. It says, you'll be changed from the inside out. That's a transformation. It's not from outside in. It's from the inside. Because once the inside is fixed, the outside is already fixed. Or is fixed. Because change comes from our inside. It says, readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, that's what, what is always dragging you down to his level of immaturity. God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you when you imbibe the culture of the kingdom. We want to spend a bit of time looking at what, what exactly, because we need to understand what culture is because, before we begin to delve into the culture of the kingdom. You know, from where I come from, looking at examples of culture now, there are various things that we believe. From where you come from, there are things you also believe. Now the question is, which, you know, what is obtainable in probably my own culture might not be obtainable in your own culture. What is obtainable in your culture might not be obtainable in mine. Even in your, with your colleagues at work or with the, amongst friends, amongst neighbors, cultures differ. But the problem now is, which culture do I hold on to? If I hold on to this culture, there's, there's a conflict. For example, in, our part, in my part of, of the world where I come from originally, where I was born into, which is Yoruba in, the, in Nigeria, what we, when, when um, someone older than you comes in, what you do, we greet. We, for some, we go down, for the women, we, they go down on their knees. It's a sign of respect. For the men, they prostrate is a sign of respect. But in other cultures, they stand and say hi. So if I come to, if, I, if you come to my culture now, and somebody elderly is greeting you, and you are standing and saying hello, I will feel infuriated at what sort of disrespect is this. But to you, it doesn't mean anything. So there's a conflict. It can bring, breed misunderstanding. It can breed mistrust. In other places, they call their elders, even some call their grandparents, by their first name. For some, if you do that, that's an insult. You don't call those older than you by their first name. There's a prefix before their names. Either auntie this, uncle this, or sir, or ma, whatever it is. But for some, oh, Luke, oh, Mike, how are you? Those are cultures. They differ. And every culture has its own uniqueness. So we need to determine which culture am I going to follow? Because if I'm going to follow this one, there might be problem. Definitely there will be problem because we will, we will 
argue amongst ourselves that, no, you don't do this. And, and you'll be wondering, what's the big deal about this? There's, there's, nothing, there's nothing to eat to me. In some places, in some cultures, if a lady or a woman marries from outside their tribe or their culture, they automatically lose their inheritance. They must marry within that culture or tribe to get their inheritance. If they marry outside, then they've lost their inheritance. But for some, it doesn't matter where you marry from. So far as you're part of that family, your inheritance belongs to you. So look at all these diverse examples that I've given. Which one, is, which one are we going to hold on to and say, okay, this is my culture. If I hold on to my culture, I'll be rubbing off on the other person and there'll be conflict. Oh, in my culture, we cut our baby's hair when they are, when they are born. In my culture, we don't cut it. We, it breeds confusion. It breeds conflict. And you know what the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 33? Let's quickly go to it. 1 Corinthians 14, 33, what does it say? 1 Corinthians 13, 14, sorry, 1 Corinthians 14, verse 33. It says, for God is not the author of confusion, but of what? Of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. God is not the author of confusion. The, the cultures of this world will bring confusion will bring conflict. I know what, who's, who is enjoying that conflict? The enemy. Because there's division. There is strife. It's breeding sometimes anger. It's breeding bitterness. A little thing that shouldn't, shouldn't be is, is being escalated to the point of people becoming bitter enemies. And where does that culture? So now, what, is, what, is the, what culture do we embrace? What culture do we embrace? We embrace what? The kingdom culture. We embrace the kingdom mandate. And like we said earlier, the, the, man, the culture, culture is all encompassing. It's an umbrella for so many things. We looked at language last week. God's culture, the culture in God's kingdom is universal. It's universally applicable in Guatemala. In Puerto Rico, in Japan, in Australia, in Mozambique, wherever, all over the world, God's the culture of the culture of God's kingdom is universally what applicable because it is the word of God. It is the spirit of God. When the Bible says, says what that we should have, we should all we should have the mind of Christ in Philippians 2, verse 8. What is it saying? Is the same here in Australia, is the same in North America, is the same in South America, is the same in Europe, is the same in Asia, is the same. The same culture, because it's the same Holy Spirit that is at work in us. It's the same Holy Spirit that is bringing and binding us together under one, the authority of God, and, that, and under the, the culture of the kingdom. The culture of the kingdom. And when also the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4 verse um, 22, it says that we should put off the old man and put on the new man created in Christ. That is Ephesians 4 verse 22. Put on the what? The old man. Put off, sorry. 
the old man and put on the new. So that we can become conformed to the image of him who has called us. It is the same everywhere. If we are a believer, it is the same. It doesn't matter which part of the world you live, it is the same. Imagine if, we, if, if it was different all over. There will be confusion. And the enemy will do what we'll be having is they say, that you put off concerning your former conduct. That is your old man. The old man which grows corrupt according to this deceitful lust. And you do what? We put on, but be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Be renewed. How do we become renewed? First of all, you cannot become renewed if, you are, if your heart is not changed, if you have not given your heart to the Lord. Because all that we've been talking about, about, about the kingdom mandate, fulfilling it, walking in, the, in dominion, and if your mind, if your heart is not renewed, if you are not born again, if you are not his, you are not a partaker of it. Because grace will not be released unto you to enjoy. So first and foremost, we need to what? To be born again. Hallelujah. So as believers, we what? We are to adopt the culture of the kingdom. It is the Bible. It is the word of God. And it's the same. You know, have you noticed, pastor has said this many times, the Bible has not, it doesn't, we don't reprint it every day like the newspaper. Because you have to keep up to date with the news. But the Bible has been the same from when it has been written. Yes, there are different translations. People trying to make it easier to read. But it is the same. The same word of God in various languages. Bringing it closer now to the various tribes or the language, the natural language of people so that they can understand better. Because if English is not their, uh, their original language, they might struggle. But when it is written in their own native language, to put it that way, they understand better. But it is the same Bible. It is the same word of God. It is the same culture that is imbibed in it. It's not different in the U.S. than here. It is the same word of God. That's why it doesn't have to change. You don't, once you are plugged, once you are born again, once you are you're a child of God, the kingdom of God comes in you. We learned earlier in, earlier in the weeks past that Jesus came to do what he came, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Throughout his stay here on earth, he preached what? The gospel of the kingdom. And when he was going, he was still what? Saying, preach the gospel. He still preached the gospel of the kingdom. The kingdom of God. Everything that is included in the kingdom. The dominion mandate, he preached it, that we as believers, we are to what? We are to walk in it. We are to live in it. It must become part of us. The culture of the kingdom must be, must be who we are known for, must be, must be embedded in our, in our spirit. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. These and many more, other, no other scriptures, it's the same all over. So when we... Hold on to this word. When we imbibe this word, we become one in God. We be, all become, we are like little Jesus is all over the face of the earth. We are displaying the culture of the kingdom. Hallelujah. Remember I said that the word culture is, is, a, like a, is an umbrella. There are lots of things 
not all other things added underneath it, like the language, the beliefs, the the arts, the music, so many other things, the rules, the laws, and so many things. So we, today, we want to, all I've done was, is just give you a foundation, um, introduction on what culture is, so that we have an understanding of what culture actually is, and how, how, we, how culture many times frame who we are, shapes who we are, it shapes our thinking, how we think. We saw in Romans 12, that don't copy the culture of this world. Don't embrace the culture of this world. You know, don't let it drag you down to its own level of immaturity. Because it's natural. It is fleshly. It appeases the flesh. But kingdom culture is different. So today we want to look at one aspect of the kingdom culture that is of great importance. It is the central theme of the gospel of the kingdom. So God, God holds this, it's very, to, to the Father, it's very, very, very important. It's the core culture of the kingdom. It's a central theme. It's of great importance. And what culture do we want to look at? We want to look at love. We want to look at the culture of love in the kingdom of God. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. The love of, no, the Bible tells us that love is what is God. Let's go to 1st John chapter 4. Quickly, let's go to 1st John chapter 4. 1st John chapter 4. We'll start from verse 7. It says, Beloved, let us love one another. For what? For love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Let's continue. And he, he who does not love does not know God, for God is love. He says, for God is love. If God is love, therefore love is God. Praise the name of the Lord. The nature of God is what? Is love. The atmosphere of God is love. The atmosphere of heaven is love. Why? Because God is love. It's the culture of the kingdom. Love is the culture of the kingdom. I want us also to go to John chapter 13, verse 35. We'll come back to John, to first John. Let's go to the epistle of, no, the gospel of John now, 13, verse 35. It says, by this, all will know that you are my what? My disciples. By what? If you have love for one another. Hallelujah. The love of God does what it characterizes and separates us from others. The love of God shows and displays to others who we are, who we are, who we are following. He didn't say, Jesus did not say, uh, by their power, they will know that by your power, people will know that you are my disciples. It didn't say by the working of miracles that men will know that you are my disciples. No, it says if you have love for one another, that's how men will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another, it's not by the by working of by saying, Oh, we have power, we can perform miracles, we can heal the sick. I know it's not even you that heal the sick. 
It is the mercy and the grace of God. It is God that heals. It is his power through the working of the Holy Spirit and our belief, our faith in him that does it. Or if, just, lay, go, just go outside and lay your hand on anybody. Just walk, walk past. Nothing will happen because it is God that does it. With our trust in him. So it is, uh, the love of God does what? Characterizes and separates us from others. And that's what Jesus said by this. All will know that you are my disciples. If you have what? Love for one another. Not if you have power to, to turn around mountains. No. Thank God for that. But if you have love for one another. Because love is the character of the Father. Now I have a question. What exactly is love? You know, the word love has been used so loosely on the face of the earth. Even amongst believers, even amongst unbelievers, the word love is used so loosely that many times we think it is what it is not. This is the dictionary definition of love. This is not thus says the Lord. It says, an intense, it says love is an intense feeling of deep affection for another person. What? An intense feeling of deep affection for another person. What, is, what if that feeling is no longer there? What happens to that love? It will disappear. It will fly out of the window. It's a feeling, meaning it's, it's a natural thing. Another uh, definition of love is that love encompasses a range of strong and positive emotional and mental states. It's you know, a range of strong and positive emotional and mental states. It's like, you know, up and down. Today you're up, tomorrow you're down. That is not love. Is that the love we are talking about? No, that's not the love we are talking about. It's much more than that. It's far, far, far deeper than that. It's, it's God himself. And this one that the dictionary means an intense feeling of deep affection for another. It's not the love of God that we are talking about. It's not who we are. It's not what... God, Jesus says, will characterize and separate us from others that by this you know that my disciple, if you, if you are feeling good today, you are my disciple. What of tomorrow if I'm not feeling good? I'm no longer his disciple. Then we we'll say Jesus is now a yo-yo. No, he's not a yo-yo. He's, Jesus is stable, he's steady, he's a rock. The Lord is rock, he's not, he cannot be shaken. His love does not fail. His love does not fade. His love is all-encompassing. We can rest on his love. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Love is the very nature of God. It's his very nature. That is who he is. Let's go back to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. From verse 7. It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Verse 8. He who does not love does not know God, 
for God is what is love. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Verse 10. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. That even the Bible says, while we were yet sinners, when we, we didn't know God from anywhere, when there was nothing in us that was attractive, that make, to make us attractive to God, God loved us. Even before you were formed in your mother's womb, God loved you, he knew you. That is the depth of the love of God. It is his nature. His nature is love. That's why he could send, he send his only son. He could sacrifice his only son. What greater love is than, than that do we have than that? Send his son so that he can reconcile us back to himself. We'll be looking at this, this, this love in greater dimension later. But for now... Look, Love is the DNA of the Father. And if you have the DNA of the Father, that is, if you are born again, you are born of the Spirit, you have this DNA in you. That is, you have the capacity to love as God loved. But the problem is many of us have not developed that love. You have the capacity. Because it says, the Bible talks, says that the love of God has been what has been shed abroad into our hearts. It has been poured into our hearts. It is there. But many times it is dormant. And the love we think we have is the love that the dictionary describes. An intense feeling of deep affection so that when I don't feel like, feel like I love you, then I don't love you. Not in the world today, many, it's so unfortunate, many marriages break down. Why? I don't love you anymore. I've moved on. Thank God that God did not move on for me. Thank God that he stayed with me. He's still with me. He has not moved on. Even many times that I have messed up. Aren't you grateful for the love of God? Aren't you thankful for his love for you? You know? It is his very, what is very nature. Let's, let's look at this scripture in, um, in TPT. 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. And I'll read it. The heading is, God is love. It says, those who are loved by God, let his love continually pour from you to one another. That is, don't damn that love. Spread it out. Spread the love that God has. Remember, it's, a, it's the culture of the kingdom. It's something that must permeate the atmosphere that we, that we live, where we, where we are, wherever we are. That atmosphere must be permeated. They must see that we are carriers of God's love. It says, those who are loved by God, let his love come continually pour from you to, who, to one another because God is love. If you want to display, if you want to display to others, if you want to, you know, to represent Christ, you must represent him in love. You must show his love, his loving kindness towards one another. It's not just about you or about yourself or about everything is just about, no, 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 no. Everyone who loves is fathered by God and experiences an intimate knowledge of him. 
The one who, does, who doesn't love has, has yet to know God. Why? For God is love. Meaning that if we do not walk in love, if we are not flowing in love, if we are not talking in love, if we are not everything we do, if, it's, if, it's not, if, if love is not the, the umbrella of everything we do, then what, we do not know this God of love yet. We do not know God yet. Because God is what? Is love. Verse 9 in TPT. The light of God's love shined within us when he sent his matchless son into the world so that we might live through him. This is love. He loved us long before we loved him. It was his love, not ours, because we didn't have the capacity to love. We didn't even know what it is to love. He, pro he proved it by sending his son to be the pleasing sacrificial offering to take away our sins. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. God's love is the greatest love. God's love is, is on display even in the universe. We see everything about God all around us. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. I want us to look at verse 16 of that first John 4. There's something there I want, us, I want to show. I'll read it first in the New King James. It says, For we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God. And God in him. Hallelujah. It says, Those, he, he who abides in love abides in God. Why? Because God is love. And God is in you. When you abide in the love of God, not the television love, not the, the, the love that says action, cut. You know, it's so funny. Many times, what you see people, they, they, they pattern their life according to the flesh. They pattern their life according to what they see. They have, you need to be careful what you are watching. What we watch on TV, like movies and things like that, they are not real. It's not real life. But unfortunately, it, some people base their life, base their relationship upon that which they are watching. I remember years ago, years ago we were counseling a couple. They were having pro issues. It was from one issue to the other, one issue to the other. What is this? What is that? Then the, the wife one day now said, eh, he doesn't love me. He doesn't. How do you know he doesn't love you? This man says he loves you. Yeah, he doesn't love me. He doesn't, he doesn't show his love like this. So he met, she mentioned the name. I can't even remember the name of He mentioned, he said, like this person loves, loves her, uh, his, his wife. Like this, he, she went and said, oh, he doesn't love me. I don't think. Then pastor said, who is this person that doesn't love you the way he loves you? He said, um, mention the name. And daddy said, who is that? He said, well, in the television, that this, this program I watch, and this man, he loves this. Well, like, in the television. In the television, when it's action, oh, I love you, cut. And everybody goes their different ways. Make believe, and you're basing your life on that. It was funny. We couldn't laugh because it was a serious situation. But later on, looking back, you, you tend to just laugh. I'm like a believer putting your, a child of God 
putting your relationship, the values of your relationship upon what you watch on the television. I remember when I was growing up, when I was in secondary school, because I used to read a lot then, which I, need to, I think I need to return to do that now. Lots, I used to read lots of novels, and one of the ones I read the most was Mills and Boons. It was a rem- romantic novel. Oh, and the tall and handsome guy and the young lady pretty and him, and at the end of it, they lived happily ever after. He was always living happily ever after. And you know, when you read the books like that, they, like I said, they have a way of framing, shaping, renewing your heart, renewing your mind to conform to what you are reading or what you are watching. So with that picture, a lot of people went into relationships or went into marriage with that and they live happily ever after. <laughs> There's no, and they live, thank God for God's mercy, but everything being rosy, rosy after marriage, because when you, when you are married, when you begin, to, when you marry, when you enter the, the union of marriage, it's another school. It's another training ground. Because you need to unlearn a lot of things. That's what, remember, we're looking at culture. The wife comes in with her culture. The husband comes in with his own culture. They grew up differently. There are, there are things in, their, in the husband's home that was considered important. And then the, there are rules in the wife's home that was considered important. And then, you know, there's always conflict. I remember when we got married. In our, in our home, we, we celebrate birthdays. We know everyone's birthday. But in my husband's home, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. So we, there was that clash. That, ah, why don't you, you don't even remember the birthdays. And you can't even celebrate birthdays. Like, what is, what, what is big deal about birthdays? Yes, you are born. Thank God for you. But to us, it was a big deal. So that was an area of conflict that we had to resolve. Thank God for the grace of God. And even now, he even remembers more than me. Those dates. But it wasn't like that at the beginning. We had to, the word of God had to be our guide that I will not forget. I will remember all things. So he now remembers more than I do. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. So those, those, those are cultures that we, that we, different cultures that we have, that when we come together like that, it can bring conflict. It can bring, you know, it can cause strife. Within the family. Let's go back to John chapter, 1 John 4. It says, and we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God. I want us to look at that verse 16 in the TPT translation. Before we look at verse 16, let's just look at verse um, 11, verse 11, the same, same chapter in the TPT. It says, delightfully loved ones. If he loved us with such tremendous love, then loving one another should be what? Our way of life. Loving one another should be what? Our way of life. It should, in other words, it should be our culture. It should be who we are known for. You know, when something is your way of life, it's what you are known for. It's now your culture. It's what you do. It's part of your DNA. You don't have to think twice about it. 
He says, loving one another should be what? Should be our way of life. Praise the name of the Lord. Now let's go to verse 16. Verse 16 says, when you have, it says, we have come into an intimate experience with God's love. And we trust in the love he has for us. God is love. Those who are living in love are living in God. And God lives through them. Meaning that if you are not, li if you are not living in love, you are not living in God. God does not abide in you. God is not in you. Why? Because God is love. God is what? Is love. God, and I want, to, I want to say this at this point. God is love. We've established that in his word. Also, God is spirit. God is not natural. He's not physical. God is spirit. So if God is spirit, therefore love is spiritual. It's not something you can do on your own. Because you cannot truly love outside of God. You need God to love. All the, oh, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you from the, bottom, from the top of your head to the, to the uh, sole of your feet. I love you. We, you know, we have, a, we have a saying in, uh, pardon me to say it. I'll try and translate it in English. It says, I love you to return. At least I love you, every part of you. If you don't have God, I, I can assure you when something crops up, that love, your, love everything about you will fly out. Because God is love. God is a spirit. Therefore, love, to love, is by the grace, by the spirit of the living God. It is spiritual. It's not a natural entity. That's why someone cannot truly, if you are not born of God, you cannot truly love. That love will be at most, at best, selfish. It will be what? At best, selfish. Because God is love. He's the one that gives us the grace to love one another. He's the one that gives us the grace. He gives us the grace to forgive so that we can love. Meaning that forgiveness also is spiritual. You can't just forgive by saying, yes, I it will take God for you to forgive so that you can love. God is love. God is a spirit. Therefore, love is also spiritual. And it will take God to enable you to truly love one another. You can't love outside of God. You can't love without God. You need God to love your brother, your sister, your spouse. You need God. Oh, I love him. I love him. He's the, he's the, apple, of, he's the apple of mine. He's the, sugar in, he's the sugar in my tea. He's the mosquito in my net. He's the everything. No, 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 no. When the hot rubber hits the road. We'll see where that love stands. If it's not founded in Christ, if your life is not rooted in Christ, if it's not rooted in God, you will have trouble. Because it takes God to love. We need God to love. He's the only one that can help us to love. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. I want us to read this same scripture again. It's a very interesting scripture. I want us to, you know, in your time, Go back to, let's go to 1 John 4 and read it. 
in the different translations, it throws more light. Let's read it in the message trans translation of the Bible. First John 4, from verse 7 again, in the message translation of the Bible. It reads, it says, My dear friends, my beloved friends, let us continue to do what? To love each other since love comes from God. Meaning that it's not something we stop doing. Like I said, it must be, it must be part of us. If it's in your, if it's in your, if it's in your DNA, it's something that you do. It must become second nature. It says, let us continue. Don't start and stop. Okay, because you offended me today, because you, she offended me, then that's it. That's the end of our friendship. It was never the love of God in the first instant. It was the love of the world, which is natural, which can be, you can turn on and turn off like a tap. It says, let us continue to love each other since love comes from who? From God. Remember I said God, it is spiritual. It comes from God. You can't love in isolation. You can't just love like, no, you need God to love. Everyone who loves is born of God and experiences a relationship with God. Verse 8. The person who refuses to love doesn't know the first thing about God. Amen. He said, the, the person who refuses to love said, I can't love this person. Oh, they've hurt me too much. I cannot, I can never. He says, what well, does not know the first thing, not even the second thing, the first thing about God, because God is love. So you can't know him if you don't love. You can't know God more because he's the one that will give you the grace to love and to even love him. Verse 9. This is how God showed his love for us. God sent his only son into the world so we might live through him. That is the kind of love we are talking about. Not that we once upon a time loved God. The Bible says why we were yet sinners. Christ, God sent his son to die for us. But that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to clear away our sins and the damage they've done to our relationship with God. Sin has causes damage to the relationship we have with the Father. And it will take, it's the love of the Father that enables him to clear it. He sent his son, the, oh, his only son. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. My dear friends, he says, he didn't just say, my dear friend, my dear, dear friends, if God loves us, he said that for emphasis, that like, I'm beseeching you, I'm encouraging you. He said, if God loved us like this, we certainly ought to love each other. We certainly what? Ought to love each other. Meaning we must love each other. We need to love each other. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. We need to love each other because God has loved us first. He showed us his love. He sent his son to die on the cross. Praise the name of the Lord. I, I will now take us to the, the uh, I won't say famous, the chapter in the Bible that many has called the chapter of love. 
as we begin to look at some of the characteristics of love. What is, what is embedded in this love? How do I know if I'm walking in love? How do people know if I'm walking in love? Most important, how will you? It's actually for you to know how you, whether you are walking in love or not. And remember, you cannot walk in love outside of God. You, ca- you cannot show love outside of God because God is a spirit. God is love. Love is spiritual. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. From verse 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Verse 4. Many times we, for some we can quote this offhand. Oh, love is this, love is that. Love is this, love is that. It's not a poem. It's not twinkle, twinkle, little star. It's, this is God. This is God at work. It's been called the chapter of love. From verse 4. Or let's start from verse 1, actually. Let's read from verse 1. What does it say? It reads, and I quote. It says, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love. I have become what? I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. You are an empty vessel. You have nothing. You are empty. You know, when um, teens are empty. There's a proverb that says, not the Bible, proverb of the world. There's empty vessels. They do what? They make the most noise. There's nothing inside. They are clanging, clanging. They are sounding brass and a clanging cymbal. They don't have love. There's no substance. There's nothing in them. Verse 2. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, all mis- understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can move mountains, oh, power, I can move all mountains and have not love, is what? You are nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be born, that is become a matter, but have not love. It profits nothing. It's useless. You just wasted your time. You just died for dying's sake. It's nothing. Remember I said, the Bible says God is love. That is his nature. And it's not, it is, that is the nature that we must imbibe. That's the culture of the kingdom that we must imbibe. Verse 4. It says, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, it is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails, but whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. Let's look at verse 13. And now abide faith, hope, love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. Why is love the greatest of the three? Because it is God. And God is the creator of the heavens and the earth. He's the creator of all things. That's why he's the greatest. That is because it's his nature. It is him. That is God. That's the embodiment of God. 
love. And that's why John 3, 16 tells us, it says, for God so what? So loved. It didn't say God loved. He so loved. The Bible also tells us, what is man that you are mindful of him? Why do you love this man like this? He says he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, his only son, that whosoever will believe in him will what? Will not perish, but will have everlasting life. He so loved the world. He, lo he has loved us with an everlasting love. He has poured his love into us. God loves you. God loves you. You can't begin to comprehend how God loves you. You cannot begin to understand how God loves you. The depth of his love. That's what Ephesians chapter 3 tells us. We'll be looking at that late, some other time. Looking at how the depth of God's love. It's beyond comprehension. And it's something we have not fathomed yet. Because when we do, our lives will change. Our thinking will change. The way we relate to one another will change. We will see one another, not as we, as we are looking at, as we, you, I'm looking at, at you now. Yes, I can see you. As I'm looking at you, as you are looking at me. No, we will see each other as this is God's child. I must be careful the way I treat this person. I remember uh, one man of God was sharing one day. That time he used to have issues with his wife. And uh, yes, they'll settle it. He was a man of God. He's a, He's a man of God, still alive. He said, one day, the Lord said to him, he said, the parents of, this, of your wife might have given her to you, but I have not given her over to you. She's still mine. So you better be careful the way you treat her, because she's mine. She's my daughter. The same goes the other way also. He's my son. Be careful the way you treat your wife, husbands, because that woman is God's child. The parents might have given her over to you as your wife, but God didn't give her over to you. She's still precious in the sight of God. She belongs to God. So you need to be careful how you treat your wife. Wife also, you need to be careful how you treat your husband because he also is a child of God. Yes, it might be your husband. Many times we've ridiculed, we've disdained, or we've not looked down and become too familiar. But the love of God covers a lot of this. Helps us to relate better. Even with our children. Yes, they are your children. But they belong to God. If you have issues with them, go to the one who gave, them to, who gave you those children. Go to him. And that's why blueprint. What do I do? I've missed it in this area. Look, what do I do concerning this child? What do I do concerning this one? Go to him. They are still his. You can't love them as much as God loves them. Because our, our love many times is selfish. That's why I would say, oh, I want my child to do this. Is that what God wants for that child? Uh, all, everybody in my family, they, no one has done this. This, the one, the one must, this one must be the first person. But is that what God wants for that child? Ask the one who gave you. Because he loves that child more than you do. We are looking at the culture of the kingdom. God's, the love of God. The love of God. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. What are some of the characteristics of love? Next week, we'll begin to look at the characteristics of this love that we're talking about. Because of time. 
will look at the nature of this of this the love of God. We'll look at the what makes why is it what makes God love us? Why is God love? We'll look at this and many more next week. I want us to arise on our feet this afternoon. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Of taking time to lay the foundation to show us what culture is, so that we can be look look at your life. Are there areas, are there things you have believed, you have imbibed that is tied to where you were born, to where you grew up, that has no bearing in the word of God, and it has held you bound. Many of us are bound by our culture, by our traditions. And what are they? They are traditions of men. It's not the word of God. And this culture and traditions has caused division even amongst brethren. I shared some. Oh, they do, in that culture, they do this. In their own culture, they don't. To you, it's not a big deal. Or to me, it's not a big deal. But when we do things that are contrary to your culture, it becomes a problem. But is that God's culture? And like I said, the word culture is all encompassing. It's like an umbrella. There's so many things underneath it. The belief systems, the, our language, which we looked at last week, the way we think, the way we reason, uh, the words we speak, the music we listen to, the things we do, our beliefs, the laws, the rules, they are all under, they all come under culture. And what the ones we, we, we are zeroing in in this season is the love of God. Because love is of God. I want you to look at yourself, look back and think, look, what area is it? Have you replaced the culture of the kingdom with the culture of your tradition? And I want us to begin to ask the Lord for mercy to help us so that we can imbibe his, his own culture. And his culture is, his, is in his word. It's tied to his word. It's tied to what he, who he is. I want us to begin to talk to God this, today. Let's begin to talk to him. Everything that I believe that is contrary to the word of God, Lord will let go. I ask, begin to show us Holy Spirit. Probe our hearts, search our hearts, search our minds, Holy Spirit, and begin to show us those things that we need to let go of so that it doesn't cause conflict, so that it doesn't cause strife, so that the enemy does not come and have, have rule in our lives because of strife. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. We thank you this day, oh Lord. Thank you for what you have enabled us to do. Thank you for helping us. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your word that is forever true. Thank you for your love for us, O oh Lord, my God. We give you thanks. We give you praise, O oh Lord. We worship you. We invite you, Holy Spirit, invade our heart. Invade our space, Holy Spirit, and search our heart, search our mind. Areas in which we need to make amends, O oh Lord. Areas in which we need to cut off things that are not in that are not in your word, that we have taken on board in our lives and has held us bound. Father, we ask, O oh Lord, by the blood of Jesus, we are set free in the name of Jesus Christ, that we will walk in the culture of the kingdom. We will walk in your ways. We will walk in your will. We will walk in your purpose, O oh Lord, my God, in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We give you glory and we give you praise. In the name of Jesus Christ, we have prayed. My Father, my God, I want to thank you. Thank you for your word once again. We receive it into our spirit. We will not be a forgetful hearer, but we will be a doer of the word. 
in the name of Jesus, grant us the grace to walk in your will, to walk in your ways, to walk in love. Even as we lean on you more and more, as we walk with you more and more, help us, oh Lord, to walk in dominion, to walk in this kingdom mandate you have, you have ordained for us, to us, even before the foundations of the world. You said, let them have dominion. Lord, we will walk in this dominion. As you open our eyes, Father, cause every blind eye to be opened. Spiritual eyes, Father, cause it to be opened to see what you are showing us in this day in the name of Jesus. My Father, my God, we thank you. We give you glory and we give you praise, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. The Lord bless you and the Lord keep you in Jesus' name. Let's not forget um, our prayers starts or we resume on Monday, 5 a.m. 5 a.m. to 6 a.m. And R is Monday to Friday. Saturday and Sunday, we've left that out. So Monday to Friday, 5 a.m. Let's be there. Let's meet. It's over Zoom. And there are some details on the screen. So let's avail ourselves of that. So if you want the Zoom link, so that we, you can be a part of it. It's a prayer movement. Let's push together. Let's push in the spirit so that all that God has ordained for us will be you know we'll, we'll, we'll get a, we'll, it will be part it will be part of us we'll receive the fullness of it we'll experience it, it will not, we'll not miss out on it but we'll be part we'll, be, we'll experience that which God has ordained for us and we, want to, we are thanking him also for our building, we're thanking him because it is done, it is done in the name of Jesus Christ God has got ahead but he still says, come, just like he says, ask, seek, find, or knock, it will be open to you. He knows it, but he still wants us to, so that we can develop our capacity in the spirit. So that you can even, so for some, we don't even know how to pray. Come, so that you can learn to, how to pray. You can know how to pray, so that you can pray for yourself. Hallelujah.